so I'm Leanne, one of the pastoral team here, for those of you who don't know who I am, and we have been doing relational skills for a couple of years now, or emotionally seeking to be emotionally healthy people, and today we're back at it for 2024, all right? So today we are going to talk about it, meaning you guys and me, we're both going to talk about emotionally healthy relational skills, but it's been a little while, so I have candy to help prompt. Listen, I'm competing with dragons and things for the next few weeks, and then it's relational skills in between, so I'm going to have a lot of chocolate, right? But I'm so excited how many of you have signed up to read Revelation. Just, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited for you all, because we're all, it's going to be great. So anyway, we have done three relational skills so far. Can I throw candy, or should I ask for a runner? (laughs) Maybe I'll have a runner. Somebody can run. If you can think of one, hands up, someone, three skills. Come on, people. What are the three we have covered so far? Gratitude. One candy for Gail. Yes. Okay, gratitude. What else have we covered? Come on, people. Come on, you can do it. Come on, Marie, Marie, come on. Come on, Marie. It starts with a J. Joy! Yes, Marie, well done. Joy, wow, people, you're not instilling a lot of confidence in me this morning. The last one, which we talked about, is relational skill zero. This is the first one that you have to remember. (laughs) Go figure. I'll give you a mental image, a big switch. A big switch, a big switch that's either on or off. Wow, it's... First word is on the screen. David. Yes. Candy for David. Wow, I'm going to need a lot of candy. This is... (laughs) Right, so we started with relational circuits. We either know that we're on or we're off um, in our relational circuits. Sorry, I'm I'm having this, like, thought go through my head. Did Ben do birthdays at the beginning? We were going to do January birthdays. Sorry, I'm just seeing how cute Killian is at the back there. It's his first birthday today. Today, actually today. So, and I know Stacey had a birthday, some January birthdays. We were going to say, anyone else in January? Oh, look at this, David, Marie. Oh, yes, Dee, Patrick, Sherry. Oh, my goodness. So happy birthday, January people. And especially, yay, Dan and Sherry, that you survived the first year. Well done. <laughs> okay, now I can get that. He's so cute back there. I can get that out of my head. But yes, yeah, so we started with relational circuits where you have to acknowledge you're either in a relational mode or you're not. And there's reasons we shut down and there's things we can do to open up our relational circuits, which were the next two skills. Gratitude is a great place to start when your relational circuit is off. And then that brings us to a place of joy, which is... We, are, we know that God is happy to be with us and we acknowledge that there are people in our lives that are happy to be with us no matter what we're going through. It doesn't mean feeling happy, joy. It just means knowing God is happy to be with us and there's people with us that are happy to be with us when we're going through hard things. So, all right, next time I ask for the first three skills, you guys are going to get it, right? Relational circuits, gratitude, joy. Then today we are doing the fourth one, simple quiet. And the word simple there is just because it is, this is simple. It's a simple skill, all right? And it's the skill of being quiet. So you all had a piece of paper given to you when you came in. I know this is a little unfair because I'm giving you no explanation. You're not allowed to ask any questions. 
They want you to look at that weekly schedule and just note, if you don't have one or a pen, put your hand up and someone will run one to you. Adriana needs one. Tom's coming. Just, you can do one day, three days, five days, seven days, whatever your brain can handle right now. I want you to just quantify in minutes, and maybe if you know what you were doing when you were quiet, you could put the activity. But look over your last week and sort of put like how many minutes per day, either morning or evening, like first half of the day, second half of the day, that you felt, if you had to say you were quiet, you were quiet. Go, you've got like 30 seconds to do this. <laughs> like a minute, a minute to reflect. No questions, no, David, yes. <laughs> yes, David has a new baby in the house, so no quiet there. <laughs> um, but yes, just by your own definition of quiet, what would you say, how many minutes this week were you quiet? And like I said, if you can remember what you were doing, you could write, make a note for yourself. We're going to return to this, so this is just the start of that. this would be quick or long depending on how we do it quiet whether it takes us a while to reflect on this or not did you guys get paper down the front do you want some you got some yes they want some oh did Tom not make it down the front <laughs> Adriana's being it's coming, it's coming. So <laughs> she, he got all the way, one row short. All right, so let's define this quiet. Keep in mind what you were thinking when you were filling this out. Keep it in front of you because we're going to return to it in groups at the end. But So let's define this simple quiet. So this skill requires us to effectively be able to quiet or rest our thoughts and our body. All right, and quieting is quieting both joyful and distressing emotions, and it's the strongest predictor of lifelong mental health if we can get a handle on this skill. I'm going to remind you about us talking about shalom uh, back before Christmas and this sense of peace. We often say peace and quiet, like it's a, and the definition we were working with was wholeness, completeness, safety, all right? So we have complete and unbroken relationship with God and others. So in order to get to that point, this quieting is really important, right? It's part of this whole picture of living a life of shalom or of peace. So on the back of that sheet, there's some verses, right? They're all Old Testament verses, these ones. And it's easy to say, oh, good job, Leanne. You just put a list of verses where you found the word quiet or rest, right? Which, yes, that's exactly what, <laughs> what it is. It's a list. But this is my challenge to you this week and why I gave them to you. Go back this week and read where these are in context, okay? Read the chapter, read what comes before and what's after. The easiest one is Psalm 131 because there's only three verses in that psalm. But if you do that exercise, you will see the chaos, the craziness, the angry uh, feelings, the people wanting to flee from the situations they're in. You'll see God exercising justice as well as love like there's a lot going on either side of this and then in these in each of these passages inserted in the middle of it is this reminder about quiet 
and rest. And there's the Hebrew words. I'm not even going to try and pronounce them. But in the middle of all this chaos, or even like for the first one comes up in the Genesis thing, after God has created for six days, he puts an end to his work and he stops, all right? So it's like there's this sense of needing stillness, silence, stop in the middle of it all. And it's quite remarkable when you read this, how that reminder to us, even in Old Testament, it's right there, all the way through, woven through. No matter what's going on, there needs to be these moments in our life of quiet. Then in the New Testament, which I didn't give you this verse, but Ben prayed it this morning, it was on Instagram this week, is Jesus basically saying, come to me no matter what's going on, burdened, weary, and I will give you rest. And that the we got that one, the next slide. Um, the, the, he, the Greek word that's used there for rest is this sense of refreshment, all right? Which, so it's not just about being quiet, it's about having refreshment come to us in the middle of all this stuff. And then it is about just being content in Jesus' presence. That's why Jesus issues the invitation to just come. That's all you have to do. Come, be with me, and he will give you rest. So that's the background to where we're going this morning. Let's, let's move on. When I was doing the reading of all this stuff and getting ready, if you go to the next slide, <coughs> Tammy, sorry, there's the verse. I should have waited for you to get, get it up to you. Uh, but if you go to the next one, this, sense, this joy and quiet kept coming up together, and all those descriptions underneath were describing the relationship between joy and quiet. As you read down that, there's a dance between the two, a cycle, a rhythm. They're complementary. They're a counterbalance to each other. They're a counterpart, this sense of a pendulum. You start to get this picture that when we talk about shalom or wholeness, it can't just all be about joy, all right? That's not the whole picture. There's this whole other half that goes with it that makes this sense of wholeness and completeness, and it's quiet. And I don't even really, just those words alone should give you some mental picture to hold on to there about how to place these two in our rhythm and in our lives. So as we think about that and we think about being emotionally healthy, we have to acknowledge that we should expect that in healthy, emotional relationship, emotionally healthy relationships, we will have both joy and we will have quiet. And when we don't have quiet, there's going to have a sense of being overwhelmed or distressed because we're not in balance, right? We're not complete. So what are we going to do about that? Now, often we've lost this skill because our parents didn't model it for us, our grandparents. I don't know, as you reflect on your family growing up, you may not have had it modeled. You may feel, wow, I'm not really modeling this for my kids, which is the thing I've had to face as I go on. So it is a skill that we have to learn and we have to practice as we move, move through. Um, we have lots of reasons why we don't rest. Who's got the candy? Where did the candy go? Here we go, Mackenzie. <laughs> Next slide. Anyone remember this little acrostic? Is that what it's called? Acronym? What's the word? Acrostic? Beeps. This is why we don't rest. Does anyone remember what any of those letters stand for as to why we don't rest? Busy. Busy. Half a candy for Deb. <laughs> B is behaviours, right? And busy is one of... B Behaviors is one. They'll come up as a whole list. Oh, we spoiled the whole list. Ah, don't, Tammy. I need control of the slides. No. Oh, there you go. Now let's see. E, anyone think of what E is? We experiences, right. What about the E, other E? Did anyone 
Catch the other E. No? Events, right? We put things into our lives and make it all about events. What about the P? Did anyone notice what the P was? <laughs> people, that's right. We get busy with people. What about the S? What's that? Stuff, that's right. Or substance. So, okay, let's go to the list. So here are the reasons why we are busy all the time. Here are the things that we put in place, right? We scroll, we watch TV, we, you know, over, overindulge with food, we uh, make life all about events that, you know, and put all our energy and effort into it just so that we don't have to be quiet and still. We we'd search for experiences that will fill that void. So we need to remember that this is where we will land without even thinking, right? We will go to these things. And, and we did a lot of work on this stuff when we were talking about the lies that um, we, we believe as we went through that series. All right, so I, when I, I was a pastor in Australia, I was the community and young adult pastor. So part of, t- part of the community responsibility was uh, making sure like the, the lobby, the foyer, and all the things that happen when people come in the door make them feel welcome, they can get the information they need, we had just spent a year redoing our vision and mission statement and we were wanting to sort of start making changes to the building and to the way we did things. So I was testing a lot of stuff out, which <laughs> you find very quickly that people don't like things changed. And then the flip side to that was I had about 150 college students who were in small groups, about 10 small groups that I was going to visit each of the small groups and be with them, but then at the end of the night, ask them what they thought, <laughs> dangerous question, uh, about you know um, what's going on at church and the changes and all that. So I think I've said this before when I've stood up here, I'm a recovering people pleaser. This was before I had the recovering in front of that. It was just I was a people pleaser. Um, so this was what like a period of my life looked like. It was constantly working with changes and then going and asking people to tell me what they thought, which is a disastrous place to be as a people pleaser, right? Especially when you've spent um, a whole year of prayer and thought and planning into a lot of the changes and then have people just look at you like, why did you do that, right? So I got to a point after about six months where I wasn't sleeping, um, I wasn't having much uh, feeling of joy, and then one night I just could not stop crying. Like, it wasn't like I was sad crying, my body was just crying and crying and crying and I couldn't stop it and my husband was like what is going on here so he rang the um, lead of our counseling department and she sent her husband over who was a doctor (laughs) and he came over in the middle of the night and gave me some medicine to help me stop crying and then um, six months of just really hard work after that was which is where I add the recovering in front of people pleaser Um, to learn and understand what was going on in my body. So we've had a lot of brain science stuff thrown at you. A couple more things. Serotonin is the drug that makes you feel calm and peaceful, and that's what comes from rest, and it's what helps you feel glad about life. Adrenaline is the one, the fright and flight, fright and flight response that gets your body ready to go when you think you're going to have adversity or a struggle or find it hard, right? So I had been living on adrenaline for six months that instead of your natural response is you fight, flight, you, it protects you, then it comes back down to a normal level and you go on to the next thing. When you have stress, that 
response doesn't often happen, the coming back down, right? The serotonin doesn't come in. And then you add another level of stress, so your adrenaline has to give you some more to cope. And even if you come back down, you're just coming back down to a less level of stress. And if you keep going up, you never return to base, right? And you never have a chance for serotonin. So basically what had happened for me is adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. I was bracing myself every time I went to hear someone give me their opinion or their thoughts and I wanted to make them happy. And I, my body physically got to a point where it was like, enough, right? And just the crying, I suppose, got my attention. <laughs> and then as I, we moved on from there and I learned how to come back down to baseline, how to rest, how to quiet the emotions in me so when I encountered things where I'm like I got to do something I got to do something I got to please someone I could have the ability to quiet that response in me in order to quiet the physical and chemical things that were going on and approach it with Jesus in a way that isn't going to have me crying in six months time endlessly in the night right so now I still still find that it's a challenge for me because my inbuilt wiring is the people-pleasing, but I feel like I'm so much further down the track and I thankfully can say recovering because I learned so much about that. And so my biggest encouragement to you is like, even if you don't think you need it, like try and open your mind this, to this skill and to this, these moments because it really is so simple. So here are some reasons why we might, some signs where we might be in the place where we have to think about this skill. Um, maybe you fear slowing down. Maybe uh, you resist rest. <laughs> that was me. Like just you just resist being in that state. Um, maybe you just fe frequently feel bored and therefore you the beeps show up, right? Um, and you surrender to the urge to disconnect and, and be non-relational. Because even though this quiet sounds like it's an individual thing, it's not. It is still very relational. It's with God. It's with Jesus. It's with people. It still is relational. And what we want to avoid is going to a non-relational place. I think the fear for me, one other thing I battled with was like fearing that I wasn't doing quiet right. Okay? <laughs> you go, what does it look like? Am I doing it right? You know? And that takes you into a whole place um, where you don't need to go. So if fear is something that you feel, talk to me. We'll talk about how to get over that. And also season of life also feels like, I can't, I'm too busy. Just right now I have a baby. I have, you know, I have this on at work. And we feel like that um, we're not going to be able to find quiet in our life. But it's just not true. You can always find a moment to still yourself, to disassociate, dis disengage from all the thoughts and feelings that are taking you um, down the wrong path. So let's think about some practical ways. And this might be what you wrote on your sheet as you went through um, thinking about quiet this week. Just three minutes of breathing, like literally sitting still for three minutes and noticing your breath. Because like I said, all of this has such a big effect on our bodies. We can feel when we're stressed, right? We feel our heart racing. We feel tense in certain parts of our body. Just breathing sometimes releases that. It, it um, slows down our thoughts. Um, our impulses have a chance to, to settle. So that might be something that, you could, that we could do. Breath prayers. We've talked about these in spiritual practices where you have just two simple thoughts. And as you inhale you say one, and as you exhale, you say another one. So I have one there that's, Holy Spirit, 
breathe on me. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but when I try and quiet my thoughts, it's when they just take off. <laughs> and so giving them something to, your brain, something to focus on, like a breath prayer, helps bring us, usher us into that place of rest. Another um, term that I learned doing some reading this, this last few weeks is this holy noticing. I just love it. I love this as a concept and a thought where we just take a step back and notice God's handiwork in our life, right? It sounds all around us in creation. It sounds a lot like gratitude. Um, we just sort of reflect on our relationships. We reflect on our thoughts and our feelings and, and where we are at that moment, sort of give, take stock of them and give them some space um, rather than being right in the middle of it. Um, this doesn't have to be still either. Like I find I do my best holy noticing walking, like just on a walk by myself. So this doesn't all necessarily have to be like you have to stop st still. Sometimes maybe being out in nature, being in a place where you can do this holy noticing might help. And then lastly, just a reminder that for those of you that have a handle on this quiet and rest, invite people to quiet and rest with you right? Show it. Show them how to do it. Model it. Because I think, like I said, generationally, if we haven't learnt from our parents or our family, we just, this whole sense of rest might not, and quiet might be foreign to us and we might not know how to go about it. So invite people to take a break, take a break with you. So we're going to spend some time in groups. And the last thing I just want to put up there is it's not the rest and quiet that transforms us. It's meeting God in that place, right? God does the work. And in fact, the, the word refreshment and rest is, is really where we come at the end of that quiet and that time. That is, that's what we get out of being quiet and still is this rest and this refreshment that Jesus will bring to us. And even that um, the God rested on the seventh day, that is that whole concept of even God was refreshed in that time, like... To, after he had worked. So just don't, uh, yeah, remember that it's not the rest that's transforming us, it's meeting Jesus in, in the rest. So we're going to spend some time in groups this morning just talking about two questions. And I know uh, some of you may not be familiar with this. You don't have to speak if you don't want to in a group. You can just listen. But um, we're going to try and keep the group small, like three or four, because the pews make it a little difficult. There are chairs at the back if you want to grab chairs and make a little circle of four, but if you can either just turn where you are. Um, we're going to answer these two questions and then spend some time in prayer. So people online, I'm going to say goodbye to you, but there are your two questions to consider at home. And here we're going to talk about, have you seen the value of joy and quiet, this rhythm, this dance in your life? And then back to this sheet that we started with, how, when, what, where do you think you could add some... Uh, this skill to your week and maybe you guys can share some ideas and be creative with each other on how to add it to this this thing as you think about your week